0: Friday, everybody. It's September 9, 2016, uh, and this is your Game Life Podcast, brought to you by Wired. I'm Chris Kohler, the host of the Game Life Podcast, and here with me in the virtual studio environment um, of Google Hangouts uh, is... Uh, hey, it's... Look, it's Jake Muncy. Hi, Jake. Hi. And it's Matt Peckham.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Hi. Hey, guys. Hello,
1: Hello Chris. Hello. Hello, Jake. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Just great. Just great. Um, well...
0: We don't usually have uh, these sort of ridiculous days in in our jobs of covering the video game industry where you wake up in the morning and then you're just furiously trying to stay on top of a a pile of of ever-mounting bodies um, as the day goes on. And yet, uh, this week, Wednesday, was absolutely such a day. So this is not one of those podcasts where we don't have anything to talk about because back-to-back Apple's press event event. Uh, So what I figured we would do is just take, and we were all working on this. Matt, you were working on this for time. Jake and I were tag teaming it for Wired. We can just go chronologically throughout the day um, from the beginning of Apple's press conference all the way to the end of Sony's um, on on this podcast, wrapping up what was, I mean, quite frankly, a a momentous day Um, and and honestly something that to me uh, felt like two acts of the same play it felt like two sides of video game industry responding to each other um, with these two disparate press events um, but yeah so who? Um, i mean gee where do i begin so i get into work and i'm sort of like I'm, I, I'm i'm gonna have the apple live stream on you know what i mean i'm like okay you know i should have this apple live stream playing because, you know, sometimes they talk about gaming stuff. Maybe I have to get a post up before the Sony thing starts in two hours. Um, and then, and just everything just goes haywire. Slack notifications. <laughs> my my phone starts blowing up. And it's because it's like on a on a one second delay, you know, to the actual, um, the, the live stream. And, and people are popping into Slack to say that, shigeru miyamoto creator of super mario brothers has just walked out onto the stage and is showing off that thing that everybody has said they wanted for the last like 10 years um mario on the iphone yeah there was no iphone 10 years ago but there i'm sure there were still people it's talking about that um yes super mario run um it, it, a brief rundown. It keeps getting called an endless runner. Uh, it's not an endless runner. Um, it is very much a... It is an automatic runner. I think that's what people... Mario never stops running. He does just keep running. So just, he does run endlessly. But I just call it a runner.
2: A, a runner. runner.
0: Well, it's an... Autumn, it's Yeah, a runner. An, a runner. An automatic runner. Mario runs. He eventually uh, automatically. runs out. And you, indeed, and with a one-tap control scheme... Um, you can make him jump, uh, and and yes. the levels are structured around that. You have one input. Nintendo's whole pitch is it is Mario that you can play with one hand. Um, and so that happened. Uh, what was okay? So Matt, you're you're sitting there watching this this live stream, right? What was your gut, the gut Apple, reaction? Apple when, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It was funny because I was sitting there, kind of, kind of not paying attention sure. because it's the app. I don't. Generally, like the Apple Live events so much because they're so marketing heavy, and you know you've got to watch Tim Cook dancing in a car, and lots he, of respect yeah, to just, you know to the production values. But right. or Joni Ives sound like he's narrating a James Bond movie ad or something like that. And I, I respect and totally appreciate what they're up to, but um, I just don't pay much attention. So I'm sitting there typing up you know questions for the Sony stuff I'm going to be doing later and all that, and then out of nowhere, my s- Slack. It's kind of funny. We've all switched over to Slack. All anime. the Slacks. We're all, I'm getting slacked. I've got, you know, time editors and things going, you know, did you just see what blah, 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 blah. So I I popped over and I was late to the feed. So I had to kind of like figure out how to cycle back and and get somebody else's capture of it to actually see it because I missed a lot of the detailing at the very beginning. But yeah, yeah. it, was a, it felt like a historic moment seeing, I, I mentioned that in my interview, um, it felt like this historic moment seeing those two on the stage together. It was surreal. I mean, it, the only thing more surreal, I, I guess somebody pointed out, was Jobs and Gates, seeing them on stage t- together, or, or maybe if we had seen Steve Jobs and Miyamoto. On stage together at some point, but it was it, just strange. It, it, seeing, felt,
0: it felt a lot like um, seeing Mario and Sonic
1: the Hedgehog uh, <laughs> in, in
0: costumes shaking hands. Uh, you know, when when Sega went third party. Um, yeah, because
1: I mean, Apple and Nintendo are often compared among all the companies out there. They're often they're often contrasted for their um, similarities, for their overlaps yeah. in terms of their sort of vanguard design focused holistic angled experience they care as much about the hardware as they do about the software interface you know they're very nintendo like in that sense as opposed to like uh, you know google android where they will provide you with uh the, the the vehicle or the vessel or the standard or the spec and then other people pour their ideas and you know aesthetics into that idea and it can be very heterogeneous depending on you know who you're buying from so yeah it was it was and- fascinating
0: and the really, the interesting thing is that, I mean, look, when Nintendo launched Miitomo, that was Nintendo's first product on the Apple device. But it was not, that was not in any way... um it wasn't like connected to Apple. You know what I mean? There was no like big Nintendo Apple handshake with Mitomo. Nintendo just released Mitomo to smart devices. They're like, oh, it is now available for your device. And that means it pops up on the App Store and it pops up on Android. And it will just it's just so it's on smart devices. Um, that is very, very different, just doing that. That is very, very different from what Nintendo did with Mario because it explicitly put Miyamoto on the Apple stage to shake hands with Tim Cook, um, and very much like took those two big brands uh, and and did a, a co presentation with them together, um, in which Nintendo was the junior partner, right? I mean, in which in which really it's Nintendo feeding content onto into the ecosystem of Apple, um, but. You it, it and that that's very important because it could have just now Nintendo could have announced Mario Run in a Nintendo Direct. Yes. And and taken all the glory and just announced it to its um customers. And probably it had planned on doing something like that, but somewhere along the line it became we're really gonna go big and we're gonna sh- we're gonna shake hands metaphorically, if not literally, with Apple um to to launch this and give them timed exclusivity. And also, um, as, as a, a couple of, of people have, have pointed out in follow-ups, uh, this was not the original plan, because the original plan was to do Fire Emblem and Animal Crossing, B-tier kind of stuff, this year. But mm-hmm. they've reshuffled that, and they've bumped those games back to 2017, and they've, and they've poured on to try to finish up Mario Run because they want to release it this holiday season. So somewhere along the line, the thought process changed um because Nintendo and Apple like teaming up or Nintendo like devoting itself to uh amplifying the launch of the iPhone 7 is like this very different thing than Nintendo just saying oh yes we will release applications for smart devices. Yeah.
2: yeah. It's incredibly strange and like we've said very historic to see Shigeru Miyamoto on anyone else's stage. Yeah. On any anyone's stage but yeah, but his. That's yeah. Nintendo flirted um, with, you know,
0: teaming up with Sony uh, originally, right, for the, for, the, oh, yeah. for the Super Nintendo CD-ROM drive, that Nintendo PlayStation that you keep hearing about, um, but pulled out at the last minute um, and did not. And, and then since then, it's really just been the Nintendo show. Um, and so this is just fascinating. So, so yeah, um, so now Nintendo has really, it's, it's doubled down. It's it yeah sure it released the Miitomo, but this is really when Nintendo went third party like this is really the moment when Nintendo just went all in with Miyamoto a Mario game not a Mario themed match three game right but a but a real ass Mario game about as real as it's gonna get on the iPhone um, developed uh, Matt as you found out because you spoke with with Mister Miyamoto developed uh, Miyamoto was the producer he says. Yep. And Takashi Tezuka is the director. So you have the same yeah. producer-director team who made the original Super Mario Brothers working on this. this so it's the, it's the A-team on the, the a franchise, guys. guys, and it's a platformer. And it's, a pl- it's like there is nothing else Nintendo could do to signal you know, a big move into mobile. There's nowhere else to go from here. Nothing is bigger. Nobody and nothing and no team is bigger. So this is the all-in moment at this point. And, as I, and I think it is the height of naivete to suggest that Nintendo is just going to exploit smartphones to their own ends and not be fundamentally changed by the fact that they are now very much a mobile game company. Um, I
1: think that's right. I think yeah. that's right. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, I think I, I've had a, a mixed response to the N- Miyamoto interview in that some people you know, through Twitter, which isn't, is the worst vessel for conversation, but you know, it's, it's what we have. It's the, the vehicle we have. It's <laughs> that's, that's what we have. Some of the, uh, some of the responses have been, you know, it, have been positive because they see the original team and that, that, that there, I think there's a nostalgic element there. Right. I worry a little bit about that, by the way, I should just comment that, that it, it Nintendo has to get to a point. I'm, I'm assuming you guys would, would agree that Nintendo has to get to a point that um that that it doesn't need a Miyamoto and a uh Tezuka and an Anuma to uh, be the banner carriers for its A-game stuff. I mean, we need the new generations to be coming forward. We, we, we've seen some of that in Splatoon, right, I think, to a little, to a certain extent. We're seeing that in, in some of these other games. But um, I think it would have been, in some ways, it would have been an even stronger statement if Miyamoto had come out and said, you know, this is a completely new team that's doing something completely different here, and this is Mario as you've never seen him before, and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I'm excited about this. I can't wait to try it. I love Mario. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not let down by it, but I also, at the same time, I can imagine I can – be of two minds of this and imagine a Nintendo that had come out and, and said, we're going to break the rules again because this doesn't quite feel like, this feels like, this feels safe. This feels like what everybody wanted and what Nintendo, what Mr. Iwata was telling me two years ago that Nintendo wasn't necessarily going to do. I mean, yeah. it isn't, no, this isn't violating what he said. but There has been
0: a shift. Uh, it has gone from we're going to do something unique and Nintendo-like and exploit the use. I mean, what is Mitomo if not this idea to like, okay, well, what do smartphones do? Well, everybody carries them all the time, and you're constantly connected to all these different people, so we'll make a communication app. Um, okay, well, you know, and they're probably doing a similar rethinking of Animal Crossing um, and uh, Fire Emblem. And then at some point, and I don't know what caused this shift, the, the thinking is now do the safe thing do the thing that is going to be huge and that thing and we were just talking about this with Nintendo's 3DS lineup it's like what is the safest thing to do you know port the the side scrolling platformer yoshi game put mario maker on the 3DS like like do the stuff that's going to be big and not going to require us to reinvent the wheel um this is just Bam, Mario on your iPhone, and it's but it's not exactly because, of course, what people were asking for for the last like five years is like they should just put the original Super Mario Brothers onto the iPhone, and and I'll play it with virtual controls. It's like, well, no, you won't, and that neither will sucks. they. But <laughs> they, so they really are. They are rethinking Mario as far as the one touch control method, and also. What they haven't shown off yet is this idea of you keep playing these levels and you can build your own mushroom kingdom. Um, So they're kind of building that sort of thing in there, too. So there is, I'm not saying there's not a level or at least even a lot of, like, rethinking. But at this point, like, by saying, oh, Mr. Miyamoto is making a Mario game and it looks just like regular console Mario and Mario is on the iPhone, like, that is what people want to hear right now. And I think that right. they I think that they've they, they've chosen that, and that once they establish a success, we might see something that goes a little out of the you know those those boundaries too um,
1: but yeah and that's, this, that's fair it's the safe I think- move. I think I think if we if if NX comes out and and is that thing is that uh you know taking the t- tables and knocking them over and and doing everything different again uh then I really don't care what Nintendo's doing with its t-shirts and its you know Mario Gucci loafers and whatever other things <laughs> it's it's marketing and tying in. Cause I, I, I do know that, I mean, there's, there are certain economic realities. I mean, if your entire console business is flagging, you know, and you're, 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 you're you've had all of those consecutive quarters of sagging profits and they've been profitable, you know, again, more recently, but the, the, Nintendo has to do a lot. I mean, they're, they're far from where they were, right. Many, many, many years ago. Um, so, I mean, I understand that there's a business angle here and uh, wishing won't just make money appear on trees, but I really do still hope that we're going to see Nintendo something to really, I mean, I'm, I'm really hoping that NX still is is not anything that we've discussed here, frankly. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I want to be surprised. I really don't want it to just be, I don't want to get into an NX thing, but I'm really hoping it's not just a portable mobile game machine. I'm hoping that there are significantly different elements, you know, coming. In the sense that there are when you look at Apple, I mean, you know, Apple has, isn't maybe quite as bold as it was, you know, back in the day, but we're still seeing things happening in the, in the mobile space that are, you know, I mean, to, to take the earphone jack out, you know, on, on, on the Apple device is causing massive debate. I don't know whether it's good or bad. I haven't thought about it enough yet, but it's, you know, things like that really trying to change up uh, uh, the space, how we use uh, an interface yeah. with the devices.
0: You know, it's funny because, I mean, this this has gotten noted in a lot of video game circles, so I mean, I'm kind of going over ground that you already understand, but, you know, that um, over 10 years ago, Nintendo attempted to take the headphone jack out of the Game Boy Advance SP, um, and oh, yeah. I don't, and again, that was not for purpose, that was not for purposes of like, because when people are looking at, at Apple taking the headphone jack out of the, the, the 7, they're like, look, well, Apple is removing the last analog, you know, input into the the iPhone, which means that basically, like you know, something like Square, um, the the credit card reader, you know that that couldn't just spin itself up anymore without mm-hmm. Apple's um, say-so at this point, mm-hmm. right? So they're 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 locking down the iPhone by removing the last analog thing that you can hack in the iPhone. Um, with the Game Boy Advance SP, nobody was hacking anything into the Game Boy Advance SP through the headphone jack. Like, I believe that was absolutely just a space and cost-saving <clears> maneuver <throat> that Nintendo thought, oh, well, it'll be okay. People will get used to it. Um, no, they had to massively climb down off of that and put a headphone jack back into the... Uh, into into the, the Nintendo DS and they've never removed it since. So in that in that sense, Nintendo found itself like, whoops, that was wrong. And, um, and, it, and in fact, it was just a it was a widely unpopular move. Totally, totally yeah. unpopular, because and it's the same thing with the iPhone. You can't put in headphones and charge at the same time.
1: My podcast headphones are gonna go back to sucking very badly if they ever remove the analog headphone jack from my MacBook Pro Chris. I just have to warn I have to warn you. We'll
0: we'll all have to switch over to USB and just crank up the crank up the volume like crazy. Yeah. 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 So
1: yeah, there you go. Yeah.
0: I know. It's it's we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, I I don't know I don't know if Apple is gonna follow the same Nintendo path and by the time the iPhone eight comes out, they'll be like, just kidding. We heard you. We put the headphone jack back in. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, they're including the adapter in the box, but the problem is then your whole life is tied around that adapter. And it's like if you lose that adapter, or if that adapter is just at home and you're out and you have your phone in your pocket but no adapter and you want to just throw in a pair of earbuds, you can't. So what are you going (laughs) to do? And so if, I don't know, we'll we'll see. We'll see how people end up using it and what the solution is.
1: Will this or will this not be Apple's start button? Right, Windows uh, start button right will they will they be forced to put it back? <laughs>
0: yeah, they might be, they might be yeah. um anyway. so, so yeah, anyway, later on in the apple, well, so we also got the uh, the fact that Pokemon Go is coming to the Apple watch, so if you play Pokemon Go and have an apple watch, that's great for you, um, all five of you, Nintendo's stock, by the way, jumped significantly <laughs> I went back, yeah, I know um, <laughs> well, the Pokemon Go plus for the rest of everybody um. Mm-hmm. Which will be more accretive to Nintendo's earnings because you know that that's actually manufactured by Nintendo, the Pokemon Go Plus, you know, adapter. Um, uh, Apple went on to to talk about um, the increased gaming performance of the iPhone Seven, um, showing a showing a slide that 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 shows like this exponential Moore's law, you know, the iPhone seven is going to be, you know, twice as powerful as the last phone, which was twice as powerful as the phone before that kind of that, that parabolic, you know, curve. Um, and, uh, and, 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 you know, talked about like, this is console level gaming said Phil Schiller. Um, and, uh, I found that interesting because, of course, we were going right into the Sony conference mm-hmm. in which Sony was was taking what is the baseline for console-level gaming and moving it up again. Um, and it, I feel like there is this back and forth going on right now in which like it, console makers think we've really got to stay ahead of what's happening on these low-powered mobile chipsets.
1: That's it. Go ahead, Jake. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. I mean, I think the idea of... Selling the gaming functionality on a smartphone by way of its processing and graphics power really does fundamentally misapprehend the audience for mobile games, which is just a very different audience, and they don't care. And, like, and it, it doesn't... It, 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 it is doesn't interesting,
0: matter. isn't it? Because nobody, nobody really does care about the, the... I mean, then again, you say you don't care about graphics, and it's true. I don't think mm-hmm. the, the mobile games that people are playing, they don't look like console games, but I that... The, the efficiency of the processor, the better that processor gets, even the mobile games that you're playing that don't appear to have really intense graphics can run more smoothly, um, you know, makes it, makes it easier for developers to, to create these games. Um, so it does matter if you're a game developer that you're going to be developing to a, an increasingly powerful baseline. True. I,
1: I, I agree Math- with Jake. I agree with Jake. I think jake is is couldn 't be more correct. I completely think that it's it 's a misapprehension We have a I think that um, culturally it 's interesting our reactions to these you know mobile paradigm console paradigm kind of says something about us needing wanting like whatever the next thing is that 's suddenly very successful that 's got to be the thing that 's the vehicle that 's the vessel for where we 're headed and everything else has got has to follow. We have a hard time holding mutually um not necessarily mutually distinctive um concepts you know like 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 that there could be a console paradigm that just kind of continues on and that serves a certain type of a platform or or an operating paradigm in the mobile paradigm i i don't know i I'm never going to have, I mean, I sat down with my Vita the other day guys to try and see if, you know, I am replaying metal gear solid three. I mentioned last time, and I can't even play that game on my, my the Vita is too small for my eyes anymore. It's like, I don't want to play. Why would I play metal gear solid three on a Vita? Good Lord. It just doesn't feel like the right space. Now I'm also <laughs> right. about to turn 44. So that's where I'm at. I can totally see somebody else in a different space wanting to do that. But I, I don't think I'm going to become this like dwindling minority of player. I, I I just think that the, the, the mobiles can get more powerful, and they can do more interesting things, and they will do more interesting things, and maybe eventually they'll tie in, like Chris, you and I have talked about, you know, wirelessly to a, a large screen, and maybe at that point it, it gets interesting. But until they can do that, until I can take the experience and trans, transmute it onto a large screen, um, I really don't care if they're... Fifteen times more powerful than the PlayStation 4 is today. I just don't want to play certain games on on a mobile, and and vice versa. Well, there are certain some games things. I don't want to play. I don't want to play Bejeweled or um, you know Candy Crush on a. 60 inch tv
0: i don't think it's about i don't think it's about the the form factor of the device i think a lot of it has to do with um the 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 chipsets like the power of the chipsets and where where those might go and that's why i think the nx is is that you know this this idea that the nx is a is a hybrid you know like nintendo might maybe solve this micro console dilemma um, that nobody else has cracked, which is how do you take those low-powered, low-cost, good-enough mobile chipsets and get people to, to buy a TV-based um, you know, game console based on those? Um, and the idea might be that it's portable, too um that your games just go with you wherever it is you're going. Um and so that I'm you know I'm I'm very interested in NX if it turns out that way just because like this this could be the thing that that cracks that that conundrum. Um because it's not about it's it's just about the fact that like these chips are getting so powerful and looking so good what is the the benefit anymore of going with something that's like you know, much more expensive, has a heavier power draw. It's like, well, what is it really going to look like, and what's the benefit going to be to you? But that's what Sony basically had to sell at its press conference. Um, I, why do you want to buy this thing? I
1: don't know. Smartphones are pretty expensive. <laughs> they are. <Yeah>. No, they <laughs> when are. you look over the life, when you look over the life of the device and con- contrast, I think I'm actually spending more for my for my smartphone. I mean, okay, I don't want to get into an econo- ec- economics of that, because yeah, you know, the games can be cheaper and all that sort of thing, but anyway, I'm sorry. I don't want to I don't want to derail us. We're, this is a great place to segue to. Segue, segue to 4K and all of its interesting problems.
0: <laughs> so Sony, that was that was the fastest conference that Sony has ever had. And there's no, there's no way there's ever been a shorter Sony press conference.
2: It was almost I, sheepish. It was just kind of, hey, here's your thing, Bye, guys. <laughs> there was
0: yes. Sony had to walk a very delicate line in this press conference. First of all, I mean, made the easy announcement first. I mean, there was no, there was no, you know, ado. It was just like, hi, I'm Andrew House. Um, Here's the PlayStation 4 Slim. It's coming out like on, like a couple of days. Um, He he didn't even crack a joke about how everybody's already seen it and people have already bought them and set them up in their house. Like, maybe he could have, but he didn't. I I
2: teased Oh,
1: okay. Go
2: And he didn't bo- bother showing off the slightly redesigned DualShock Four. Just slid right over it.
1: You're right. He did. That's right. We didn't see anything about that, did we? They they send out a press
0: release. They didn't, yeah. You're right. They didn't talk about
1: it. The I, I, I update
0: to the DualShock Four. The idea that like the, there's a light bar in the center of the controller—that's not something that I would even talk about on stage, just because it sounds no. so ridiculous. You know what I mean? It's like why why are they why are they expecting me to get excited about moving the light bar into the you know the center of the controller? We've already I mean, done this.
2: It's ridiculous, and almost because it's so ridiculous, it's exactly the kind of thing I expect them to talk about on stage. Right. <laughs> that's the, talking, old, yeah.
0: that's the, the old Sony would spend 30 minutes talking about how it's going to change gaming forever that there's a light up thing on the center of the, the controller now. New sony is just like let's just let's just do it
1: and then you know not make about it <laughs> you know what would change gaming forever in my house would be if they just took the option to only set it to dim and added an off button or an off option because by god i sit i sit sometimes four or five feet from my tv i'm at a little sort of rocking chair here and i'll sit there and if it's dark and it's a dark scene i that thing is. Yeah. <laughs> I have to put black electrical tape I actually just have black <laughs> electrical tape over my 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 light bar. I just I don't even care. I never use a light bar. I don't even I kind of forgotten that it even exists. So, I'm no fan of the light bar. There, on the record.
0: They should just pack in the black electrical tape with the box and just, yes. you know, solve the whole yeah. problem. Yeah. Um <laughs> So Sony got the PS3 uh, PS3 PS4 slim announcement out of the way real fast. It's like, yeah, this is the model of PS4 going forward. It's it's smaller. Um and uh and then moved into um a uh an asthma video star- as as somebody put it starring Mark Cerny in
1: mm-hmm. which
0: um in which in which Mark with his incredibly soothing voice discussed the PlayStation 4 Pro. And how beautiful the 4K graphics would show up on your high dynamic range television. And thus, I fell asleep for a good, good part of that. Because it was like <laughs> gentle, it's like the sound of gentle rainfall.
1: That's, that's kind of, I think that might be, I don't know. I, I remember interviewing Mark about three years ago at the launch out in New York City. And that's, that's kind of just his personality. And if you know him or whatever, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Was, I, was, I like Mark. I like Mark because he's he's inter- he's a really interesting guy. He'll give me interesting well, he's also answers really, yeah. When I when I talk to him, yeah. Did you were you about to say he's also a, like an ultra genius or something? It, it, he well, just a regular genius or a regular genius. Okay, yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's he's compared to me for sure. He's a genius. <laughs> I'm I'm a moron I'm compared podcast. to Mark Cerny, but um, yeah. Uh, But, yeah, it was maybe, though, a mismatch in terms of the energy level, because I I, I think I I teased Sean Layden a little bit when I talked to him. I said it was a little bit like a Nintendo Direct, only as I was thinking about it, it was sort of like a Nintendo Direct, but without the charm, because Nintendo is very straight and to the point, and... Uh, I guess lately they've been doing these kind of little vignettes and skits, but you know, the original Nintendo Directs were very much, yeah, there Here's was a game,
0: there was no, like, there was no like up tempo excitedness to this whole thing. It was very much just like these really, you know, what it was because they're showing off these game demos while somebody's talking over them. So they're talking about, you know, high dynamic range and color gamuts and all this stuff while sort of a silent. Beautiful game demo runs because everybody's game demo. They wanted it all to be like in super slow motion and just like pan across the panoramic vistas of these games. And so it was this very lackadaisical event with no like high points, low points. It was just like la 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 la. la. I mean, it's. I don't think they would have realized that prior to actually putting the event on and putting it out there. It was just kind of funny. Um, so the, the high points of the PlayStation 4 Pro, very interesting, the PlayStation 4 Pro. They have upgraded the GPU. Pierce. Yes. And that's it.
1: Well, the as CPU, as I believe, the CPU has been, been up, up clocked a little. Yeah. A, a it's, little? It's, it's, I think the CPU has been upclocked.
0: At, when I looked at the descriptions of the CPU of like the CPU of the PS4 and the CPU of the PS4 Pro, there's nothing altered about the like the descriptions of those of those two things.
2: I think it's the same CPU just running at a slightly higher clock speed. Sure, sure, that's right.
1: Yep, I think what which, Jake said is which correct. doesn't gotcha.
2: mean much to most people. Right,
1: right. <laughs> Last well, it's, I, I heard I heard again. Like this is more technical than probably anybody listening cares, but I, I think somebody I heard somebody in a podcast recently say that architecturally it's basically like not that far off from a netbook processor. So, so the CPU is not never really meant to be in a console. Um, and so, you know, every, everything's sort of GPU heavy in the PS4 and that's where they've, they've dropped. I mean, to just break it down to really simple math. Um, if you care about the math, the PS4 pro can do 4.2 teraflops. So 4.2 and uh, project Scorpio, which is Microsoft's successor to Xbox one is supposedly, we don't know yet um, on paper, going to be capable of six mm-hmm. teraflops. And so this is, to people that care about these things. This is a performance of some magnitude. So, main, so yeah. yeah. Well, you know, on this very... Right. Whatever part now, of the curve that then, is. But
0: then, you know, then I did see somebody saying, uh, I think a game developer saying, like, you know, it it makes sense um, that you you could create a PlayStation 4 game and then because it's just sort of this, this bump, you know, it, it, it seems like it's not going to be too difficult to just create a game that runs on PS4, PS4 Pro and has that upgrade. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile... Scorpio, from how they're describing it, sounds like a new console. Mm-hmm. You know, it, right. it sounds like a, a a totally different machine to have to to have to put a, a game against. So I don't, but I don't know.
1: Phil, you know, Phil I'm is. Really,
0: sh- I'm not really sure how this is all going to shake
1: out. Phil yeah. Spencer has kind of talked against that a little bit in the sense that I mean, he's really claiming that it architecturally this is not a. It's faster, but it's not. I mean, it's an Xbox One. It is only going to play Xbox One games. You know, they haven't. They they have committed to more or less the same thing Sony has, which is to say that if anybody that makes a game for the PlayStation Four Pro, it has to work on the PlayStation Four. It can it can have less detail. It can have you know, but but it has to be the same fundamental fundamental gameplay experience to the extent that we're describing gameplay as kind of a a non visually dependent thing. And I think that there's a conversation to have there. But you know, generally speaking, if we're talking about the visual upticks being denser foliage and, the, you know, all that kind of stuff. And the gameplay, yeah, I know, denser foliage. Denser foliage. <laughs> mm. Higher resolution that nobody's going to be able to see because if you watch this presentation and you're a, you were watching on what I would think would be the mainstream, the more yeah. the most widely installed set of televisions and laptops, whatever, even my MacBook Pro only goes up to 2880 by um, 1800, you right. were not seeing what Anything. people – yeah. yeah.
0: It just yeah. looked like well, any other PlayStation then, 4 demo. And then the other thing is, okay, so here's the thing: PlayStation 4 Pro. Who's going to buy it? I don't know. But whenever we now go to demo events, right? When we go to E3, when we go to anything, when we go, when we go to like the you know a the, the PlayStation you know like a kiosk at a store, right?
2: It's going to be 4K gonna be
0: all week and everything. It's I know. Are we just gonna be seeing, are we gonna be sitting down in front of just a 4K TV with a PlayStation 4 Pro and seeing the game that way? We probably are. And so now it's kind of like, well, we don't know how these games that we're previewing are gonna run on um the, the regular PlayStation 4. And when Sony has when Sony has its press events, they're gonna show the game running on PS4 Pro because why wouldn't they? Um, and unless they're planning on doing a side by side to show you to show you both, which I sincerely doubt, they're just running it on a PS4 Pro. And so now, if you have a PlayStation 4, you're not entirely sure what this game is going to look like. Maybe until you get it home, I don't know. It's it, it introduces a really weird and interesting situation where it's like what. Um, what are they going to show us and, uh, how much is it really going to differ, um, between the, between the two consoles? Um, but yeah, it's, it, 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 I don't, it, Sony had to walk a really weird thin line with this conference because it had to make the case for why you should buy the PlayStation 4 Pro and then it had to make the case for why you don't need to because the whole intent of this is we're not like screwing over people who already bought a PlayStation 4 um and we're already we're introducing a new model of PlayStation 4 which we want more people to buy so how do you sell the PS4 Pro but not oversell the PS4 Pro and i think that's why we kind of saw this very sedate presentation mm-hmm. um and and why they really leaned on the idea of well also high dynamic range oh and by the way we're rolling that out to everything um so
2: eh.
0: yeah And uh, what I'm really interested in, as I wrote in my piece, um, how is this going to affect VR? Mm -hmm. Because they did mention that, like, oh, you know, developers might choose to take PlayStation 4 Pro uh, and use that to give VR games higher frame rates. It's like, whoa, 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 slow down a second.
2: That's bearing the lead big
0: time. And because when you because when you give a VR game a higher frame rate, now we're not just talking about the you know denser foliage or even the densest foliage. We're talking about potentially very different gameplay experiences, Mm -hmm. which could be the experience between um, I just threw up a little in my mouth versus I feel like I've stepped into another world. Yeah. So, yeah.
2: And what? Who knows. Yeah, absolutely. And what I have heard you know ever since PlayStation VR was announced the word on the street in the like Oculus PC VR circles is an uncertainty on the developer side if the PS4 has enough basic processing power to make VR work with best practice levels of Resolution and frame rate and all of that, and, and so <laughs> to make VR experiences that are in line with what I think people expect, which is a VR experience that looks as shiny and compelling as like a normal console game, you're probably gonna need the pro.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, it's interesting because I I, I don't remember. The conversations. Sony, there was Sony was having conversations around what the minimum specs had to be for a developer to get a, a PSVR experience onto PSVR at the base PS4 level. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if it was. Uh, uh, I don't want to guess here and give give wrong information. But it's you know I asked I asked Sean Layden about this last night and his answer was a little elliptical. He, his response was, "Hey, look." We just went, we've been, we've gone to thousands of locations over the last couple of months. And all we've done is talk about PlayStation VR. And so we thought it was time to shift the conversation and not talk about PSVR. And I just thought it was the strangest answer to my question about what does this do to PlayStation VR? He d- didn't answer it. And, and he, other than to say, we've been talking a lot about PSVR. And I'm going, PSVR is out in a month. I mean, it's out here. And, you know, uh, yeah. Dr. Why, didn't, why didn't you at the very least use this, this, this as a chance to remind people of that? I mean, they didn't even... Mention it, right? I don't think right, they, they spoke right, right. the letters VR in the in the entire they forty-five did. They, they, oh, they did. They did. No, okay, I, mean, they, they I apologize during the presentation.
0: They it. said we want to talk about you know what PlayStation Pro is going to do for for VR, but it was very in and out. It was very just like and uh, <laughs> ah, you know okay. Farpoint is going to look nicer in in you know in PlayStation Pro. But I really, if you are interested in VR, I would really say um, if you can wait until PlayStation Pro is out. Wait until some people try out PlayStation Pro and 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 uh, regular PlayStation Four with the VR games, um, so you can make the decision as to whether you want to get the PlayStation Pro um, or or not. And I mean, if you already, I mean, if you are buying a PS Four for VR, um, wait to see what model that you
2: that you want. Yeah. What I? Oh, Matt, you can no, go.
1: I, I was just going to ask you, to. what do you both think about this idea? I, I've been thinking about 4K in general. I've been thinking about 4K video. 4K, you know, 4K gaming is just an extension of that. I, I, I've been thinking about the 3DS, the stereoscopic 3D, 3D TVs and VR, you know, and, and the difficulties in showing that, right? Like, how do you show that to an audience that doesn't have um, the grammar for it? And then also thinking a little bit about like, I'm a little bit of an audiophile, so I'll have all lossless audio files, but I'm a little bit of a minority too. Like everybody Mm -hmm. has MP3s and they're perfectly happy. And I, I think that's great. I mean, I don't, if I'm out running and I'm in traffic, I can't hear the difference between a 256 bit and 320 or KBPS and 320 KBPS audio file, or much less a FLAC file. So I totally get it. And I'm wondering like people that if your ears aren't trained to hear, the difference between lossless and lossy, you know, other than some sharpness with 4k, how, even if I'm, even if I have a 4k TV and, but if I'm not, tra- like I'm not trained right now, my eyes are not trained to notice what I'm supposed to be noticing with HDR and 4k. Yeah. How am I going to, how are people going to appreciate this outside of a very small niche? What do you, what do you think?
2: I'm going to go on the record and say that I still can't really tell the difference between 30 FPS and 60 FPS in non-VR games. <laughs> and so, like, I think it matters to a very narrow subset of the game population that happens to be the loudest subset of the gaming population. And I do worry that everyone is over overvaluing their importance. But I also think that... P- part of this is is an expectation that 4k TVs are going to become become the norm in the next few years the same way hd TVs d- did and i think part of it is you know a move toward future proofing yeah and, and being like this is going to yep. work with the hardware that with, with, with the tv that you'll be buying 2 3 years from now which doesn't make a convincing sales pitch right now but i think is is a business move that makes sense that's but, yeah yeah, yeah. Like I joked in the live blog is like, I'm sure this would be a really imp- impressive press conference. If I had a monitor that ran h- higher than 1080p or if right. Twitch outputted higher than 1080p. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, and, it,
0: it, Sony was just in a very weird position where, I mean, they literally were just selling something purely based on graphics that they could not convey over um a, the the and, and and you know again it's not it's not just four k display i mean you know as we as we're talking about you know denser foliage there's there's they they are able to render in game models that are more detailed, but when I look at you know the graphics and like this is what it looks like on playstation four pro it's like i feel like this is what I was sold on with the base model of PlayStation four in the first place, right like this looks like you know. PS4 next gen video game graphics looks like the sort of well, thing you fake it and do it on a PS4 if you apply it yourself.
1: Oh, <laughs> and another thing too is like in order to in order to really I think notice and appreciate the difference, my understanding. Everybody that's talked about this, I don't have a 4K TV, so I'm talking sort of out of somewhere that I won't name here on the podcast because I don't know. I don't have. Yeah, family friendly cuz I don't have first hand I don't have first hand experience. But my understanding is that you really need to get up, you know, past 40 or 50 or even up to 60 inches before you're really benefiting from like 4K is is much about the spatial size of your television screen. It's sort of like if you had a if you had a 19-inch 720p TV, um, you were, you know, the, the, the level of fidelity and detail, you weren't noticing the distinctions, um, uh, you know, th- that you didn't have a 1080p TV because the screen size was so small. Right. When, you, when the pixels get this fine and this dense, really being able to appreciate, I think, that, that detail level, you've got to step up into such a large, large television that there's a cost problem here. I mean, you're, you're talking, I mean, I think to, to, for me, to make it really worthwhile, to, to get above like 40, 50, 60 inches, you're talking about $1,000 probably for just the TV set alone. So, I mean, the, cost, the PS4 Pro, you've got 400 there. You've got another, let's just say $1,000. Uh, somebody's going to come here and go, whoa, no, I can get it at Costco for 700 But Okay, great, that's fine. But generally speaking right now, the prices I'm seeing are in the four-figure range. This is an enormously expensive, seemingly very niche thing. And I don't, look, I, I, I don't want to fault Sony for doing this. This is, I love that they're making it optional. I love that they're not – it doesn't feel like they're trying to push anybody. They're they're offering. They're dangling this. This is a dangle product. This is not a push-shove product. Um, and, you know, I guess they're, we kind of see what happens. We kind of see if the economies of scale kick in here in a couple of years. 4K TVs, you know, drop in price dramatically. And and then maybe we start to have a language for appreciating whether we're going to care about what 4K does. Right. I, I guess I, I care more, and I, I think we're all of the same mind here. I care more about game innovation or game uh, uh, differentiation. I care a whole hell of a lot less at this point in my life about whether I'm getting, whether I can see the shimmer and the particles on a beach and all that sort of thing. It just doesn't matter to me the way it used to.
2: Right, and like I. I I have a gaming PC, and I really enjoy being able to bump the settings up as high as possible and see everything get nicer and nicer. I understand that advantage and and the pleasure of that. But I think most of the people who are really interested in that are the same audience who is willing to go and build a PC for half the price. And of getting that whole setup. And so I, I just... I'm not I, you yeah. know I
0: mean I I feel like the PlayStation Pro comes out and then at some point they discontinue the 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 PS4 Slim you know right. like they're saying oh they're both going to be on shelves but eventually they could just for a while they could then once the once the PS4 Pro I mean I don't know what their plan is like if they get to the point where they can sell the PS4 Pro for 300 bucks and be happy with it they could um then just have one skew on the market and everybody buys it regardless of whether you need the extra horsepower. Everybody just buys mm-hmm. that. Um I don't know. I don't, you know, it's like I don't know if there's gonna be a PlayStation 5. Like I don't know, I mean there will, but like I don't know what the if, if there's gonna be, like, when when the next console comes out after this, like, are they are they just going to I still feel like it's gonna be this sort of iPhone type um cadence where, you know, they just sort of introduce the powerful one and then bump one down the line and then they discontinue one later and then they introduce a slightly more powerful one. Everything plays the same games. You buy it if you want it. Well,
1: what do you, what do you both think about this is, we should talk about this because it's a, it's getting a lot of play in the media right now. Um, And again, I think it's what Jake, as you very aptly identified, it's the, I think it's a very small group. That's also the loudest and there, therefore looks like the only people that are talking about anything um, which is, is this whole debate over the 4K Blu-ray, or rather the absence of a 4K <laughs> Blu-ray player. Because what, Xbox One S has has it, and presumably Project Scorpio is going to have one, but, but PS4 Pro will not. Weird, right?
2: Yeah, I think it's just funny and bizarre that Sony won't support their own best media format on their supposedly high media format luxury console. That's just, why is that not there? Like, it's not a problem, because like... Um, i had a friend talking about this and he looked up and as of now the 4k blu-rays you can get are like the warcraft movie it's like oh we are missing so much by not (laughs) not having the warcraft movie but it's like why is that not there it just seems like a bizarre oversight
1: they they told me that it's you know what they told it What i've seen seeing like what andrew house and and sean seem to be telling everybody which is that they they believe that we're the streaming generation, and blah 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 blah. And I am—I'm there. I'm actually there because I don't care. I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm kind of a video file, but only up to a point. Like I—I I would love the 4K resolution. Uh, you're not going to have the bit rate, right? The bit rate is the problem. The bit rate—you you, just—you can't stream. Nobody has the pipes right now to stream full Blu-ray, much less 4K Blu-ray content over uh, no, over the internet. You would destroy, right? <laughs> Uh, so I guess I'm, I'm sympathetic. My sympathies to those of you who are very upset about this. I, I don't know. It doesn't seem like a cost move to me. I mean, I guess I don't know. I'd love to know how much the internal cost to add such a drive would be. I mean, Microsoft's got it, managed to stick it in their Xbox one S, right? So I don't know, but, uh, it feels like Sony pushing us that, that, that mm-hmm. contrary to what I was saying before, it does feel like a push. It feels like Sony trying to say, we don't want you to, you know, we don't, th- we think this is a a dead in the water format right which is strange because it is they're on the i checked they were, they were originally on the board the blu ray board now Microsoft sits on got on this 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 new blu ray blu ray board but i and don't know
2: they are a big reason of why blu ray happened
1: yeah yeah they they're were, the original like yeah and back in the day that it was hD dvd and Microsoft got behind that and uh and sony was behind ray yeah if they and, it was theirs. Yep. If
2: Microsoft,
0: yeah. if Microsoft had um, put an HD DVD drive into the Xbox 360, HD DVD would have won. Yes, like isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Like they they just decided to again they decided to save money. They decided to because sa- they they could have put an HD DVD drive in. They decided to save money, go with a regular DVD drive. introduce that weird HD DVD you know add on thing. Um, and uh, if but if they had packed it in. HD DVD would have had a far, far bigger user base uh, than mm-hmm. than Blu-ray, and that would have been it. But instead, yeah. even though the PlayStation Three was kind of a failure and like didn't sell a- enough, you know, units uh, as Sony expected to, um, it exploded the Blu-ray user base, and Blu-ray won.
1: Yeah, what's what 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 I find odd is just looking at the market um for ultra hd blu-ray i did just a little quick checking and ihs had a report like back in june or july saying uh saying something like that that the uhd blu-ray sales were running out the door it's something was it four times as fast yeah four times as fast as the blu-ray disc when it arrived a decade ago so Mm -hmm. this is this, this is this is foreign to me because i i'm not a low i i have like how did I put it? The only physical media I have are collectors' editions, and it's so that I can yeah. stick them up on a shelf somewhere and, mm-hmm. and have uh, right. Hayao Miyazaki's complete works that I'm still going to be streaming anyway. Yeah, which, which is probably sacrilegious. I'm sorry, but you know I got to be honest here. It's just more convenient <laughs> for me. I use Plex. You know, I have. We I have. have I stream yeah. local. We
0: we have all. Of, we have everything from uh, you know Disney, Pixar, and Ghibli on Blu-ray, and then a scattering of other Blu-rays, and that's it. Um we still just buy we just buy Disney Pixar and Ghibli. Um it's I, which, you know, we, 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 we know, but we still we still do buy them and we still do consume them, but it's just those.
1: You have you have your you know, we have like a Roku in run one room and we have I can't imagine we're so different from, from anybody else. You know, you have a couple no, of ninety nine dollar you know, players streaming it's, in,
0: it's entirely possible that um within a year Sony will just refresh the PS4 Pro and add in uh the you know, ultra 4K Blu-ray drive.
2: Yeah,
1: they could. They I could just know. do it. They could. I at would. This, I would. Point, I would bet not. They would. Can you imagine how many people they would tick off though that it, that had it bought the PS4 Pro and said, "What? Maybe <laughs> because it's, I mean, it's the early adopters that are going to buy this two thing." Years. You know? yeah.
0: yeah. Well, but then they do a trade-in program. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's everything. Everything is off the table. I mean, this is just if if this day can be summed up, it is just like. All of the weirdness happening with the with the video game industry all just like had a field day today. Yes, you know, uh, on, on Wednesday rather. Um, between you know, Miyamoto shows up at Apple. Sony is like, we're gonna start pumping out consoles left and right. You know, it's and and, and really, you know, very much trying to make sure that. It, video game consoles are are always seen as the absolute you know height of of uh you know uh, of graphics and video game perfection. Um, everybody is just everybody just seems skittish. Everybody just seems like they're shifting their game plans and they're trying new things because they're not sure how much longer the old thing is going to keep happening.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's it's you know, Sony anything is anything could happen. <laughs> anything could happen. Sony is Sony seems to be doing well. I mean, you know, what did they say? Over forty million. Uh, I don't know how that. I mean, I know that's less than than the Wii. I'm trying to think of you know record setters and 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 trends and all of the kind of the metrics. But yeah, you're probably right. Like all that, even that old way of thinking about what matters anymore. People are people are on so many different platforms now. I mean, our, our attention is diverted by so many devices and there's the potential for us to suddenly run off with a complete, you know, Pokemon Go shows up and for, you know, a month. I mean, granted, maybe nobody's playing it now, but it's it was disruptive. I mean, if you had a Pokemon yeah. Go showing up once a month, you'd have 12 months of massive disruption. I mean, it doesn't just have to be that game. Uh, it's such a different world. Um, things are happening. I'm thinking about... Uh, not to get esoteric here i 'm thinking about Alan Moore has this wonderful the the graphic novelist uh, Watchman and such has this wonderful documentary in which he talks about the rate at which information is doubling and that we 're getting to a point where we 're transitioning from being sort of a culture of liquid into a culture of steam there 's the esoteric part, but you know the point he 's being metaphorical he doesn 't believe the stuff literally he 's just talking about the fact that- uh, it 's not, it's not literally themed <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you know the information the rate the rate of all of the cumulative human knowledge is doubling. You know, they have a, a, a rate right, for tracking right. this, right? You know, like how many years it takes for all the cumulative knowledge to double. And it's gotten faster and faster to the point that, in, you know, in, in, in just the next couple of years, it'll be happening every, I don't know, every, every six months or something like that. Because everything is just uh, multiplying at yeah. such a compound rate. And, and most
0: of that is literally just lists of different Pokemon.
1: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's all Pokemon, folks. It's, all, it's, po- it's Pokemon all the way down.
2: I was about uh, you know, to make uh, that uh, reference. And, oh, and, sorry. <laughs> and noting this, it is
0: absolutely at this point. So Nintendo stock jumped up again, right? Nintendo stock jumped up again to um, almost where it was the absolute peak of the Pokemon Go madness. Um, because while Nintendo stock did come down after the Pokemon Go thing, it didn't go back to where it was. It settled around halfway between where it was and uh, and where the, the the ridiculous height of Pokemon Go. And when it spiked again on Mario, it spiked back up to almost, almost as high as it had been on Pokemon Go. And now it's coming back down again. But it in this case, I think we've talked about the irrational exuberance of investors over uh, Pokemon Go and how much that was going to affect Nintendo's bottom line. Uh, Super Mario Run absolutely does have the have the uh, potential to have a huge impact on on Nintendo's finances, and even Nintendo might believe right now that they're going to take that money and they're going to pour it into the NX. Um, but I I really don't know. I don't think that's I I don't think that's a uh, it might be a good short term bet i don't know if it's a good mid or a long term bet that that mm-hmm. that's that that's what it's going to do but it's certainly it is it is going to be huge i think i mean you know really let's be let's be really clear this is not just people flipping out over nothing with mario run this is going to be in in terms of the more people may download this thing pokemon go at 500 million downloads this might be the biggest mario game ever in terms of number of, of people who have a copy of it installed on a device.
1: Right. Well, it's finding... Nintendo is finding, it seems to me, finding a way to fund its quirkiness... Right, I mean, you see, you, this isn't unique to Nintendo. I mm-hmm. mean, news organizations used to do this. No, You, yeah, would, you mm-hmm. would you would throw hard news under the bus and run it at a loss, and uh, let all your profit be in the in the funny pages, and as they called them, and classifieds mm-hmm. and sports and stuff, and then you funded, you know, the the, the good work that we that, mm-hmm. that news organizations used to do. Um, the hard Here's news. The so,
0: what is the good work? Because Nintendo is not <laughs> Nintendo is not married to giving. Uh, its hardcore fans what they want. If Nintendo was married to giving its hardcore fans the things that they were asking for, we would be, we wouldn't even be doing this podcast because we were playing Metroid Prime 4 on the on the Wii U right now, right? Like, Nintendo is very clearly, they don't actual they're not married to any one type of video game. So it's entirely possible that, like, you know, the Super Mario Run type game, like, it, I look at that game and it kind of is in line with the sort of stuff that Nintendo is even producing on its own systems right now this this idea of you know really kind of changing up like well what type of game is it how long does it take you to play it you know who who designed it how was it designed so nintendo may be funding something with the mobile games but until we see the nx and what the launch software is we don't really know what nintendo is is going to be funding or what nintendo thinks are the types of games that that it wants to make because i think that it just dreams of getting back the the moms of the world that it that it had kind of lost um so yeah, Mario on I, NX might be know. Super Mario Run. Who knows? Like who who knows what these games are gonna be? I think at this point we we can't really say.
2: Yeah, it's it's hard for me to have a lot of faith in Nintendo to put what they're doing back into making interesting, surprising products, because nothing they've really made in a long time has insisted on being on being played beyond Splatoon and and Super Mario Maker, which were good games, but felt like flashes instead of like an actual coherent articulation of any sense of innovation or growth.
1: I I think I think that's right, Jake. I agree with that, and I I think it's a little bit that you have to have uh Chris might disagree with me here cuz we we've gone back and forth on this third party support thing but like the platform has to be successful enough that Nintendo can afford to take the risks and go you know do the Super Mario Galaxy 2s and and mm-hmm. you know and it, 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 on, on the one hand on the other hand too on the other hand I I, I feel like Nintendo I wonder if Nintendo doesn't desperately want to get away from Mario, Zelda, Metroid, and all of these other things and really try new things. In this last couple of years, M- Miyamoto and all of these others have held their, their hands really tied business-wise by, you know, you darn well better put out a Mario Super Mario Run game and so on and so forth, or otherwise we're going to go under and you're not going to have an opportunity to, to, to do to do these things that you want to do. I guess I kind of got that sense that Miyamoto was trying to do that already. When we, 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 heard him at E3, you know, when he was demoing some of those kind of quirky games, project giant robot, they may not have been good, but he, he seemed to be trying to, to z- go in a totally different direction. It feels like he's kind of been dragged back in, in a way to deliver the, you know, I, I guess, I guess if the Wii U had been successful, um, mm-hmm. I wonder if we wouldn't be seeing some of those things, Jake, that you're, you're yeah. missing that, that we're all missing. You know? I think,
2: yeah. I, I don't know what Nintendo wants right now except to survive.
1: And so, yeah. yeah. And I hope they do. I mean, to lose Nintendo, we've said this before, it's almost a cliche to say it, but I'll say it because I mean it. To lose them would be tragic, uh, you know, for all their mistakes and all the disappointments. I think to lose them, I like Sony and I enjoy Microsoft, um, you know, I guess I guess in, in in those instances, I'm grateful that they're a vehicle for the indie games that I probably prefer um, and, the, and the lesser known games that I know we're, you know, Jake, you and I are playing a lot of uh, lately. So, you know, and I, so I would hate to see any of these platforms go away, but Nintendo does bring a level of differentiation to the interface that, you know, just isn't there with, you know, really anywhere else in the industry, unless we get over into VR and, and, and some of that conversation, so... I don't know whether we'll see it. I guess that's the question, right? I don't know whether we'll see it or not. Going to depend on what we see with NX, which I'm reading or seeing again today. That people are buzzing that we're going to hear something about it in early October. So. Well, I mean,
0: we've got to hear something about it at some point, and I think trying to trying to schedule something uh, like in the run up to Tokyo Game Show would be would not really make any sense. So, I, like, I feel like if they're, they haven't done it, I mean, you know. I don't know. I could I could get to Japan in a couple of days and find out there's a, you know, Nintendo Direct schedule for, you know, Wednesday or something like that uh when I'm supposed to be like asleep in Japan. Who who knows? Who knows with Nintendo? But Nintendo is not Nintendo is not Apple. Nintendo does not uh stomp out and schedule its own press event right over the top of other things like some other like 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 Apple did. Um so Nintendo is not probably not going to try to eat Tokyo Game Show's lunch by like doing the NX while Tokyo Game Show is going on, but maybe they're going to let Tokyo Game Show get all out of the way and then circle back cuz it's got to be soon because the thing is supposed to come out in March. And if it's not going to yeah. come out in March, they got to they got to announce that they have to announce it and then they have to, if they're going to delay it, they've got to, they've got to delay it after they announce it because they've got to get people <laughs> excited about it. Um, <laughs>
1: right. You can't delay, delay it, delay it, delay it, delay it after they announce it. That sounds a little bit like, isn't that like the John Kerry thing where he's like, I was for the war before I was against it or they whatever that quote about, was that the conservative yeah. media was using against him. They've got <laughs> they have to delay it. it after they announce it.
0: They have to tell you what it is and then say, and now you're really excited about it. Well, it's going to come out in, you know, May or whatever um said instead, instead of March, but I don't think they're gonna I don't I don't think they're gonna delay it i mean i I, I, I kind of feel like it's you know it's really gonna happen this fiscal year, but I mean, if that's, that's the true. case, they gotta freaking talk about this thing.
1: I kind, of, I kind of wonder if it won't be like you're saying too, Chris. Like, I, I totally see Nintendo just dropping this in a Nintendo Direct, right? Not staging even, a, even an event like, like Sony. No, I'm just wondering if that isn't how they're going to do I, it.
0: I think that they have proven at this point that the Nintendo Direct format is actually superior to doing a live broadcast. Uh, it's got to be way cheaper. Um, and you just you cut down on all of the, all of the potential of anything going wrong. Mm -hmm. um you can you can cut it together perfectly you can screen it for for test audiences if they want to you know what i mean like they can do all kinds of things and just make it absolutely perfect um and then you don't have to worry about anything and then you roll it out at the same time you know around the world um and then maybe what you do is you reach out to to media um you know prior to the event they play the NX, then as soon as... With the Wii U, that's what they did. We played the Wii U a day before they announced the Wii U, and then as soon as the the press event was over, up go the the hands-on impressions, you know? Um... So And then what they do is after they announce it, then they can do a tour and they can go to San Francisco and they invite people in San Francisco to play it. And they go to New York and they invite people from New York to play it. And they kind of like keep the they, – they keep the chatter going basically after that is once they kind of get it out into the public, then they can start showing it off. But yeah, I, I would be very, very surprised if they wanted to do a – the unveil of this thing and do a stage presentation, because I think that they have shown beyond a shadow of a doubt that like the better thing to do is to just do the, the Nintendo direct.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see, we'll see maybe who knows, who knows which of these yep. podcasts it's going to be where, where Chris Kohler's head will explode and we'll have a three hour long marathon NX dissection. dissection. <laughs> you know, maybe
0: we already know everything about the NX already and it's just going to hmm. be like, Oh, okay. Yep. That was exactly what I thought it was going to be. Great. <laughs> No, it's gonna, um, it'll be fun. It'll be fun to see. Yeah. Uh,
1: you've had you and Chris have had some in all seriousness have had some really interesting observations and i'm i'm kind of it'll uh, you know i'm I, it'll be really interesting to see how much of it it pans out and then what the inflection yeah. points will be so mm-hmm. yep so yeah Absolutely. yeah so
0: uh it's probably not going to be next week cuz i'll be in japan um but uh yeah we may not have another podcast until i get back um so uh in case that does happen uh we'll see you in 2 weeks from now but you've been listening to the game life podcast and we do appreciate your your patronage all these years uh i have been chris Kohler with me has been matt Peckham and jake Muncy. been a been a pleasure
2: Absolutely.
1: Safe travels to you, uh, Chris, overseas. Yes,
0: yes sir. Um, that should be fine. Everything should be okay. Um, <laughs> fingers <laughs> crossed. White knuckle gripping the armrest. Uh, yes. Um, I guess that's it. Oh, yeah, you can find me, Chris Kohler, uh, uh, at, at uh, kobunheat, K-O-B-U-N-H-E-A-T,
1: on Twitter.
2: And you can find me, Jake Muncy, on Twitter at Jake Muncy, jakemuncy, J-A-K-E-M-U-N-C-Y.
1: And you can find me, Matt Peckham, on Twitter at uh, M-A-T-T-P-E-C-K-H-A-M. Thank you all so much for listening in, and we'll talk to you next time. Goodbye.